Amen. All right. Um, we've been ta- last week we dealt with saving. Uh, we talked about wisdom. We talked about wealth. Uh, where wealth comes from. Uh, that if you acquire wisdom, you will be able to acquire wealth. All right. So how do I get wisdom? The Bible says if anyone lacks wisdom, let him what? Ask of God. So here's the thing. If you, uh, you know, the first thing is when you get a job, right? You know, when you get your first job, you think, oh, man, this is my money, right? That's the first thing we think about. I got all this money. This is my money. I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to buy a car. You know, when you're young, you just want to buy everything. Amen. You don't think about nothing. You just want to buy everything. And so the thing about it is, um, I believe that if you learn from even young people, learn how to manage money while you're young. You can, you can break the bad habits now before you become older, amen, and then you are in a situation where you're always struggling, right? How many don't want to struggle no more financially? Let me see all the people who don't want to fi- financially struggle, right? Amen. We want to be able to live comfortably, right? And so the principles that we've been teaching, amen, uh, has been, I believe it's been a blessing, amen. Uh, I want to say this to you. Financial freedom is a choice. And also financial bondage is a choice. Amen. Tell somebody it's a choice. It's a choice. You can, you, listen, your situation may not look good right now, but it's still a choice. Amen. You can choose to live paycheck to paycheck. You can choose not to save. And one of the things I want to share with you that I shared last week is that you, you and I, when we get paid, we ought to what? Give and then what? Save. Let's say it together. What? Give and then what? Save. Don't give. Don't pay your bills, give, then, no, I'm sorry. Pay your bill, say, pay your bills, say, then give. Now, why do we give? Why, why, we, why, why should we give? All right, because God has given it to us, right? Can I use another term? God has lent it to us. He's trusting us with it. Come on, help me somebody. Because you brought what in this world? You brought what? Nothing. Now, here's the thing. The world has taught us that we are defined by what we have. Now, one of the things I've shared with you in this series is that what we have to do is we have to first set ourselves up so that we can get out of the financial uh, financial stress by de-stressing ourselves by first saving $1,000, putting it up for an emergency. Remember this, the average emergency is going to run you $1,000. Now, if you make under $20,000, you want to do what? $500. All right? Now, um, you never know. You, you may jump in your car today. Sister Roe, can I share? Right? Okay, and then you, you, you know, you're like, you're trying to, 
You're trying to, you're trying to work with it. But can I help somebody with something? When stuff start breaking and stuff start not cutting on like it used to, tell your neighbor, Houston, we got a problem. <laughs> There's obviously a problem, but here's what we do. We get into what? Denial. <laughs> All right. The roof is leaking, but we're in denial. Come on, somebody. Plumbing is backed up, but we are what? In denial. Come on, help me, somebody. Amen. I'll never forget my AC man before I went to town. He said, listen, man, we could do it this way and just save you. No, I said, do it. Do it. Don't do it like to patch it. Come on, help me, somebody. That's how we do things. It's a mindset, right? We, we patch things up and say, oh, we're going to come back to it later. Right? But we spend half the money. Tell your neighbor it's a mindset. And, and, and here's what I want us to move to as a church. I want us to move to a spirit of excellence. Excellence in our thinking. Amen. So I'm not just going to pay for half of it to get fixed. And then next week we're going to, next month, three months down the line, we're going to put some, uh, we're going to put some duct tape on it. Come on, help us. <laughs> Amen. We're going to get some gorilla glue and, and, and glue up the pipe, right? And think that <laughs> right. it, it worked, it worked. And then, and then look, and then you're creating what? Another problem. Saints, one thing the Lord gave me in this series, and I talked to somebody about this, we have to upgrade our thinking. If you're going to win with money, it begins with your mind. Tell your neighbors, it begins in your mind. And here's the thing, you've got to have the mind of Christ, amen, but you have to also have wisdom. I've been on this wisdom thing for a long time because... I'm asking God to give me wisdom in every financial decision that I make. $500, if you make under $20,000 a year, you need to save $500. Have it in an envelope. I've been teaching my girls this since forever. Amen. Right? Faith got more money than some of us in this church. Every time Faith pop up, she got about fifty two hundred dollars. I said, Faith, where you get all this money from, Faith? See what I'm saying? Because we've taught her from right here how to save everything. When you get birthday money, it ain't just to spend. And make sure you tithe off that birthday money, y'all. All right, because you know I tell them all everything you get, you want to tithe off. Amen. Because guess what? Because we're gonna not let our kids. Repeat the same mistakes. Listen, I don't think any of you want to raise your kids to struggle. Anybody here? And let me say this. It's not too late if you live by example. Do I have witness? Amen. Listen to this. Only 32% of Americans are able to cover a $5,000 emergency. Isn't that something? Listen to this. We work hard only to have nothing. Come on, somebody. And until we upgrade our thinking, we will always struggle, y'all. 
How many of you want to struggle? Nobody wants to struggle, right? But we find ourselves in a situation, right? Imagine this. Imagine ha- having absolutely no debt. Imagine that. No car payments, no credit cards, no house payment. How would it feel to actually keep your money instead of mailing it out every month? Come on, help me, y'all. Imagine retiring with a $6 million nest egg. Don't laugh. A 30-year-old couple with an average household income of $40,000 can get there by investing $400 a month from age 30 to age 70. Did you know that? If you invest while you're young, amen, by the time you turn, say you have $6 million in the bank. That's it. That's the, that's, that's the principle. Right? If you have two incomes in the house, we did that. Sister Hunter and I did that. That's exactly how we got here. We were operating on one check and the other check, we were just banking that check. It was hard at first, though. I'm going to lie. It was hard. <laughs> Amen. Because you're like, hold on now. That's my money. You, you know what I mean? And, and it was a mind. Am I right? You didn't just say, okay, operate. And then, and then here's the thing, right? You're like, well, let's do your check. <laughs> you probably, you know, this is... <laughs> Listen, you live together. You've been married. You done had kids together. You're talking about this is my check? Come on, y'all. You, you, we have to learn how to sacrifice in order for us to win. All right? I'm getting to the scriptures here in a second. All right? So a $1,000 emergency fund, $500, pay off all your debts. That's, the, that's baby step number two. Baby step number two is do what? Pay off all your, all your debts. And then step number three is to save six months worth of living expenses. So that if in the event something happens, you have six months of living expenses already put up in the bank. All right? You take that money and you invest that money in something that will create, that will create a good interest rate. All right? I want you to go to, um, go to First Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. All right? And verse 10. Let's back up for a minute. Because we got to get this context. Uh, Let's go to verse 3. Let's back up to verse 1. Why not? Somebody read from verse 1 for Now, now let me say this about Scripture. There are principles in Scripture, right? So when you look at Scripture, there are certain principles that we live by. 
Now, even though we have a method here about, you know, saving the money and doing all these things, but there's a principle that the principles in God's words, in God's word that we live by. But watch this. But there are also promises. All right. So there are principles, there's promises. But here's something else I want to let you know. The principles are timeless. Write this down. The principles are what? Timeless. And they have been tested time and time again. And if you apply these principles to your life, it will what? Work. And then there are promises. Now, some promises are conditional. Some promises are unconditional. Some promises are for you and some promises are for the children of Israel. Some promises are for that people group. But the point is, you and I have to understand that if you're living on the principles and the promises of God's word, it will work for you. This is why I always say get a scripture, connect to that scripture, and apply that scripture to your life every day. Amen. So the question is, what principles are we living by when it comes down to money management? Are we using biblical principles or are we using secular principles? Right? Like, for instance, debt. The world tells us to get into debt. I mean, we start off life in debt. Watch this. We go to college, we get in debt. We don't spend the years in college, uh, in high school, parents. We don't spend time while our kids are in high school researching scholarships. Come on, somebody. Get your scholarship essays ready and apply for, I learned something about helping my kids with school. Here's the thing. It's the $100 scholarships, the $200 scholarships, the $500 scholarships, nobody applies for. And year after year, people keep adding to it, and there's thousands of dollars in there. So when your child is a sophomore, I would say even a junior, well, a sophomore, start getting them ready to write this stuff Get the essay ready, and then when they become a junior now, have them to get ready then. And from the time the calendar turns over, look at the requirements of it, look at the dates, the deadlines, and have them to apply for every last one of them. If you want to pay for college, you can pay for college like that. Make up in your mind that you're not going to allow your kid to start off life in debt. Amen. We think that the only way our children go to school is if we send them to to university and we take out loans. Or do you even care about that? You, You follow what I'm saying? Now, if your child is gifted and got a talent or whatever the case may be, sports and stuff like that, you ain't got to worry about none of that. But the point is, you got to teach them some form of responsibility, even with that. That, yeah, you got the scholarship. But you have to be a steward over it. You got to keep it. Come on, help me. (laughs) 
Get them. That's right. That's right. Now, now, now watch this. Uh, and, and also too, you have to remind yourself too, is this, is like this, you know, we, as parents, we have to think about these things. You find what I'm saying? Like you said, we've been programmed a certain way, but there are principles in God's word. Listen to this. There are principles in God's word that tells us we don't have to live like this, y'all. Come on, somebody. You don't have to be broke. And I'm not telling you to sow a seed in order to reap a harvest so that you can be paid. No, I ain't talking about that. I'm saying you got to have some wisdom. <laughs> yeah, now, you got to sow a seed at some point if you want. That's a principle. Do you know the principle, right? It's called sowing <laughs> and it's called reaping. All right? Now, if you never sow, you never reap. So don't think that, oh, well, I ain't got to give. No, you have to learn that principle of sowing and reaping. Because it works. Amen? All right. Verse 3. He has what kind of interest? You know what the word morbid there means? Sick. (laughs) He has a sick interest. (laughs) Go ahead. All right, so what he's saying is there were some that were coming into the church at that time and was teaching more about prosperity than anything else, right? They were trying to get over on the people and say, well, if you sow this seed, you're going to get this. If you do that, you're going to get this. And Paul was saying to Timothy, Paul was saying, Paul was saying to Timothy, he was saying, listen, man, you can't, you got to watch out for these guys, okay? Because they have a sick what? interest, a morbid interest. Now watch where I'm going with this now, right? He's saying that they suppose that godliness, right? That the only way that you could tell that I'm godly is when I sow a seed, it's linked to prosperity. See, there's a lot of people who are into the prosperity teaching. Watch this. They're into prosperity, but they got real bad characters. They don't manage, they don't save, they don't even have the ability to do it. And so they're caught up in a cycle of deception, not principles. Hello, somebody. Y'all follow me? Now watch this. He says, but godliness actually, godliness. Now, I said something on Saturday about godliness. What is, what is godliness? What, what is godliness? See, because this is something that we need to know. Like, 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 what is godliness? Lifestyle. Lifestyle. I could hear the I could hear the roaches running. <laughs> you hear that roach? He, he just went around the side. Watch this. Godliness. Watch this. Means separation. Right. Same, same thing as holy. It's holiness. Godliness is separation. It's saying that 
I am set apart like holiness. I'm set apart and I'm living a separated life. Watch this, using godly wisdom in order to operate my life. Godliness is not just I'm not having sex, I'm not cussing. No, no, no. It's not just that. It's you are separating yourself from worldly principles and promises. Are you with me? Watch this now. Watch this now. So when people say, oh, he's so godly. You know, you're saying, yeah, I am godly. You know why? I am a godly man. You know why? Because I've separated myself. Amen. Watch this. Watch what he says. He says, but godliness actually is a mean of great gain when accompanied by what? By what? Contentment. Now, what does that mean about, what does it mean to be content? It means that you're not complacent, but you're grateful. Tell your neighbor, grateful. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, grateful. I spoke to a young lady the other day. She said, she said, I, somebody wanted to buy me a lottery ticket. You, y'all know y'all wanted to spend that money. Amen. You should have put it in church. Right? Cause you had a wish that you were going to win a, 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 a million, a billion dollars. Okay. And guess what? They got over on you. Cause guess what? Ain't nobody won. Okay. So don't you see it? All right. So, so watch this now. Watch this now. C- contentment means that I am self-sufficient. I have enough. And the person said to me, pastor, I got a hard time dealing with the coins I have now. How in the world, if I get a billion dollars tomorrow, how do you think I'm going to deal with that? Can't even handle that. But I am content. Tell your neighbor content. Watch this. Here's the problem with most of us. We're not content. That's why we jump from one thing to another thing, job to job, situation to situation, this to that, that to this, and we're trying to find fulfillment, but we can't find it because we're not living a content life. All right. So satisfied. I'm, 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 I'm satisfied, but I have, listen, it's self-sufficiency. Amen. God, I'm grateful for what you've given me. I'm thankful for where you've brought me from. Even though I may not have all that I really want. I can go to bed at night and say, God, thank you, because I have a level of contentment. See what I'm saying? I'm not chasing after more. The people, let me say this to you. The people who don't chase more get more. You know why? Because God knows he can trust them. Because God knows, watch this, they're not just running around chasing more. They have enough. Watch the text. The text says, uh, godliness is a means of great gain. See, what, what we have to realize is this, saints. Some of us don't even really, some of us can't even appreciate what we have now. That's why we can't sit still. See what I'm saying? We want more, and that's all we that's all we got our minds on. But we can't take care of. I'm talking about your car now. 
You got to wash it. Yes, you do. That's stewardship. You can't just wash the outside, run it through that little thing. And then the inside look a mess. And you're talking about my car is clean. You're fooling yourself. See, it's about being content. God, I thank you for this car. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to get my oil changed. I'm, I'm going to uh, make sure I get the maintenance done on time. You follow what I'm saying? See, see, I'm talking about upgrading what? See, here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying, right? I have a Toyota. I want a Lexus or I want a Mercedes, but I can't take care of the Toyota. Right? I, I, I'm living in an apartment, but I want me a house, but I don't even keep my, my apartment clean. Come on, help me somebody. Amen. Matter of fact, let's rewind the story to your room <laughs> in your mama house. <laughs> Parents, we got to teach our kids take care of their stuff so that God will give them stuff. Come on, somebody. I know one thing I have said in my mind. I don't know if my kids want it, but I got something. My wife and I, we have it set in our minds. Our kids are not going to rent from nobody. That's bottom line. When they leave home... When they go to college, come back, and they go out, they're not, they're not renting from anybody. They're going to purchase a condo or a townhome. That's how we're going to set them up. That's how, that's, at least we could do that for them. Okay? But here's the thing. But if they can't take care of their room, if they can't take care of their dorms, if they can't take care of stuff, you, you see, here's what we've done. We've allowed our kids just to be. Lord, help me somebody. Help me somebody. Oh. That's your spec. Yeah, whatever. Do it. No, 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 no. You have to parent. Train them. Because, and here's the thing, you have to church, teach them about contentment. Yeah, I know you want the $500 shoe. But you work, you, you ain't working. <laughs> Come on, help me somebody. So guess what we're going to get? We're going to get what we can afford and we're going to be content. Stop teaching our kids to be, watch this, to be consumers. Teach them to be content. Come on, say amen, y'all. Come on. What do you mean? What do you mean content? I mean satisfied. If, If I bought you this, you ought to be just as happy Come on, somebody, as if I got you something better. That's it, y'all. That's it. Teaching gratefulness is something that you have to teach your kids because sometimes they're being pressured by the world. You see, the world has an idea of what they need. And I want to help somebody tonight to let you know that if you can, if you are content, now, now watch this, now watch this now. I'm not saying complacent. I ain't saying that. I'm not saying drop your standards. I'm saying upgrade your thinking. See, I can take this little thing that I got and upgrade it to where it looks like 
what the other guy has. And listen, and the other guy is trying to keep his stuff. My stuff is paid off. But all I did was save a little money, put a little bit of work in it, put a little, you know, I upgraded the floors. I upgraded the paint. You feel what I'm saying? But what I'm doing is I'm saving over the years, right? I know what I'm going to do in five years. I'm going to upgrade my furniture. I know I'm going to do that. I know I'm going to do that. So I got my little envelope, five years, five years down the road, a little $5 in there, $10, $2, whatever I got left over, drop it in that furniture thing. By the top, but when it come closer to the five years, I amp up my savings in there. Boom. I'm, I'm buying me new furniture. How'd he do that? He had discipline. If I'm saying, I want new clothes. If I want a new suit, if I want new clothes, I'm amping up my savings game. You follow what I'm saying? I'm trying to find things I can do. I'm not damaging the budget because I'm using what? Wisdom. But I'm, con- come on. I'm, co- I'm what? I'm content. I think that when you get to that place in life, God will begin to bless you. Tell your neighbor he's gonna start blessing me right there. Right there. Right there. Because, because he says, when you become a godly person, text says, godliness accompanied by contentment is what? Great gain. The question is, watch this, how do you define gain? We only get happy when we got this. When we get that money. We don't see how rich we are. Come on, somebody. We don't see our value. We don't see our worth. So therefore, we're trying to buy things to define ourselves to feel valuable, to feel wanted, to feel attractive. Come on, we talked to our single people about that on, on, on the other day. You know what I'm saying? You don't, listen, listen, listen. You have to ask yourself a question, which is most attractive? How you look on the outside or how you look on the inside? Which gain is greater? And I believe that what the text says, the text says godliness is attractive. Tell your neighbor, godliness is attractive. Tell your neighbor for real. Tell him I'm for real now. Huh? Godliness is what? Some of us don't believe that. I wrote, I wrote something here on uh, my Instagram the other day. It said in this pornography age of continual temptation, barraging your husband... Let your inner beauty and, and spirituality far outshine any competing lovers. See, it's not what you look like on the outside that'll keep your man. I'm going to say amen. And I think that that's what the problem is today. We're so concerned in what this looks like, but inside we've rotten. Amen. My mama said you need a purge. <laughs> Seriously, because on the inside, attitude is bad. 
Come on, somebody. Argue all the time. Fuss all the time. You're angry all the time because you you are not content with yourself. So therefore, you're constantly trying to get more and now you become a hoarder. You got two of everything. Two blenders, two washing machines. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. It's time, tell your neighbor it's time for a garage sale. <laughs> Come on, say amen. Come on, y'all. Don't get mad at me now. Come on now. It's time for a garage sale, y'all. Listen, when you find yourself feeling closed in, in your own situation, no, it's time to have a garage sale. Time to release some stuff. Because maybe holding on to that stuff is what's giving you value. Or it's making you feel like if you release it, sometimes God got to bring you, reduce it down. Like take the bank account all the way down. To, watch this. For you to understand what value you really have. What are you basing your value on? Get you right down there where you have to trust him. But where you have to check your motives. Amen. Watch this. Watch what he says. He says, uh, the reason why you want to be content, verse five, verse seven, he says, for we brought what? You are young right now. Praise the Lord for the young people. Go on, young people. Give yourself a hand. You're young. Y'all just so young. Y'all so cute. Y'all just young. Just Praise the Lord. Y'all just young. Just young. Look at y'all. Amen. Praise the Lord. But keep living. Keep waking up. And if you have the wrong concept about life, if you think life is all about this, here's what life is about. Purpose. Write it down. Purpose. And until you discover your purpose, you will always be running, trying to find stuff that will never satisfy who God created you to be. What is your purpose? And your job does not define you in your purpose. Because when you discover your purpose... Here's what you get. Here's what you understand. You ready for this? You ready for this? I, I shared this with the men on, 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 on Saturday. How can you become unfireable? I know it's not a word. You can't be fired. I mean, you can be, you, listen, you'll never get fired. How do you do that? Huh? Shh, Bruce. Bruce was listening. How do you, how do you, how do you fireproof yourself? When I was in the world, every December I lose my job. Every December. Listen, it could be a good job. I just mess it up. Just, I would always get fired. I was cursed. 
I had a, I had to, I had a curse, man. I, I was cursed. Everything I put my hand on break. Like, dang, what is wrong with me, man? But you know, you know what it was? You know what it is? You know how you become unfireable? Give me $15.99, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm just playing, y'all. No, I'm serious. No, I'm serious. No. <laughs> you got to know your value. You know what I said? You got to know your value. When you know your value, you don't work at a job. The job needs you. You hear what I said? When you know your value, you're content, but you know your worth. You know, you know that you bring something to the table. Watch this. I got people who don't want to mess with me. They didn't want to mess with me at first because they didn't know what I was doing. Right? Oh, he's just a dreamer. He Joseph, he's just a dreamer. He see what I'm saying? He's just a dreamer. We talked about this last night. He we just a dreamer. They didn't think the T B seminary was gonna be nothing. He's just a dreamer. They talked about it. They they try to sabotage it. They do all that kind of stuff. But here we are sixteen years later. Now they all coming back. And now they want to get degrees through our school. Because now, and now when they talk to me, I love you. Oh, you love me now. Before, you didn't love me because you didn't see my what? Right. So let me ask you a question. What's your value? Don't let it be a dollar sign. They could get that anywhere. There's a guy, the guy that created the, uh, the washing machine. When they first created the washing machine, right? He, they were doing the tests and all this other stuff, right? And so this big company purchased this, this machine from him. And it broke. <laughs> right? They called him out to fix it. He comes out. He goes in, goes right to the problem, fix the problem, sends him an invoice. All right? The trip was $150, but the fix-it was $15,000. Now watch this. They just wrote the check because they knew he was the only one who could fix it. They didn't argue about his invoice because they know they knew his what? Value. God has put something in you that nobody knows but you. You hear where I'm going with this? And until you discover your value, right? Until you discover your worth and you solve that problem, that the world needs. Come on, somebody. Amen. You'll find out, watch this, that, that, that you will get paid well to do what you're good at. Know your value. 
And, and listen, and listen, can I say this to you real quick? Uh, let me say this to you real quick. And don't pimp your, your value or prostitute it. Because you got it, you're just going to put it out there. No, you know your value, then guess what? You have a standard. And then don't do everything for money. Come on, y'all. Every now and then you have to say, no, I I ain't no price. You can't put no price under my compromise. See, a lot of us got jobs where we have to compromise what we believe as Christians. See what I'm saying? And we have to compromise. But if you know, let me ask you this. I want you to go to work tomorrow and we say, what is my, listen, can they replace you tomorrow? And can they fill that seat? But what is it that you know? What is it that you know that you have specifically about you that they could never replace you? Watch this now. And I want to tell you what it is. Can I tell you what it is first? Can I tell you what it is? Got to give me nineteen ninety nine for that one. That's fifteen ninety nine for that one. This nineteen ninety nine for this one. Here, here's what it is. You ready? You ready? It's your godliness. It's your godliness. Because watch this. When you're when you're godly. You have standards. And the world ain't never seen this before. Watch this. You, let, me, let me show you something. Lord, y'all going to take me there today. I don't want to go here, but y'all going to take me there. All right, you ready? Go to Genesis Oh, man. Oh, man. Go to Genesis. see here. Right. Go to Genesis chapter 39. <laughs> Tell you never know your worth. Now, how many know the story of Joseph? Joseph was a dreamer. Right? But he told his dream told his dreams to his brothers, kinfolk. And, and sometimes even family will envy you. Right? And so he told his dream to his, to his kinfolk and his brothers took him, threw him, in, threw him in a pit, sold him off into slavery. Then when he, when he got sold to the Assyrians, they sell, sold him into Egypt. He's now a slave. 
He's 17 years old. At 17, he had to become a man. Okay? Watch this. Been through hell and high water. So remember this now. You know, the Bible tells you, but it doesn't tell the intricate details about how they treated him, that whole process. And then psychologically, as a 17-year-old, going through all of this trauma, okay, it could mess you up. But he had a godly foundation. That's the difference. Now, let's look at verse 39. Look what it says here. It says, now, Joseph had been taken, chapter 39. Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, captain of bodyguard, brought him what? Huh? Bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him down there. But look at verse 2 for a minute. It says, the Lord. So you got to remember something, y'all. You got to remember something. No matter how difficult your life becomes, you got to remind yourself, and some of us are running from this. Some of you, you're putting yourself in situations, but let me say something. You can't shake God. You can try all you want, but you can't shake him. It says the Lord was with Joseph. And how many of you know when the Lord is with you? Watch this now. He goes from the pit Uh huh. To the palace. But before, in between getting to the palace, watch this. He was a man who didn't understand his future, but he knew his worth. I'm going to show you something. Let me show you. Let me show you when I say know your value, what I'm talking about. Watch what he says here. He says, the Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful, what kind of man did he become, y'all? How many of you are trying, but you're not successful? Amen. You you got to rearrange some stuff, right? But watch this. The text says he, he, he he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now, as master saw, see, when the Lord is with you, watch this. The text says what? Oh, what verse is that? What verse is that? His master, his master, his master. Now, as master saw that the what? That, now, now, my question is, how is it that the world? Let me tell you something. People in the workplace know if you are godly. Listen, when 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 Peter denied when when Peter denied Jesus, right, right, and and Jesus was being crucified, Jesus was being at the kangaroo court, right. This is what Peter Peter went in and started hanging with the regular folk. He said, "Man, shoot!" He started, man, and, and and this is what they said. They said, "Man, you just don't look like you belong here." That ever happened to you? That ever happens to you as a Christian? You go to certain places and they're like, man, you don't even belong here. You, you, no, I'm talking about he was there. Right? And to prove that he wasn't part of it, he started cussing. 
But they said, nah, I'm not convinced. You See, when you've been in church long, I probably, he, probably said, he probably said something and then said amen after. <laughs> you know, when you've been around the Lord a long time, your conversation changed. So he probably dropped the F-bomb and said amen. See, it's hard to hide who you are when the Lord is with you. We don't have to struggle, y'all. We don't have to struggle. I'm trying to upgrade our thinking, y'all. I was going to go with the upgrade thinking mind thing tonight, but but this is where the Lord is taking me tonight. Watch this. Watch what he says. Watch what he says because I got to go. Watch what he says. He says, now the master saw that the Lord was what? With him. And watch this. And how the Lord, how who? The Lord caused what? All that he what? Did to what? Unless the Lord builds the house. See, and a lot of us are trying to prosper without the Lord. A lot of us are trying to do things without the Lord. Listen, you don't have to try hard when, it's, when God is with you. But watch this. The master saw his value. You catch where I'm going with this? Here's a man who could have had a pity party. And that's what's up with all of us, you know. Woe is me. Woe is me. This ain't blah, 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 blah. We're going with one. You see what I'm saying? We're constantly having these pity parties. And listen, and he could have stayed in the pit. He could have complained about what had happened to him, but he got over it. Tell your neighbor, get over it. Stop all that crying and complaining. Listen, there's a time and place for all that, but you've been doing that for 20 years. How long are we going to play the same record? And could it be that it's that record that's causing you not to recognize your value? He's 17 years old. And listen, uh, parents, I want to tell you, it's time for you to sit down and start talking to your children about their value. Some kids don't want to go to college. You don't have to force them to go to college, but guess what? They were created to do something. So let's sit down and explore what kind of training you can get so that way you can become valuable to whatever situation God wants to bless you in so that when you get there, you don't have to worry about getting fired. Now watch this. When you become unfireable, you're not going to be arrogant. You're going to be godly about it. I just want to get that straight right quick. Because some of that, some of you going to work now. They need me. Yeah, keep talking like that. Keep talking like that. They're going to not need you in a minute. And you are replaceable. But when you understand your worth and you are godly, and watch this, and you know that the Lord is with you, and you are content, then you can feel secure. A lot of us don't feel secure, even though we have good jobs. Come on, somebody. We're scared. Tomorrow. 
They may let me go tomorrow. My boss, my boss is on my back. Listen, if you know your value and you do things godly and you'd be a good steward over, you ain't got to worry about everybody else getting fired. You're not going to get laid off. Are you following me? Don't not, not ask me how I know. Because I lived it. Watch this. Watch this. So Joseph found, found what? Favor in the sight, in his sight, and became his personal servant. And he made him overseer over his what? He got a promotion. See, this man was wise enough to say, man, God is with him. Because ever since he joined the company, every t- ever since he, he came here, I'm just using this illustration now. Ever since you started the company, they started to prosper. Or are, they, are you stealing? They're losing money. <laughs> Amen. You could be a blessing or a curse to your company. Well, I ain't going to tell y'all about that. Let's keep reading. <laughs> it came about that from that time he made him overseer in the house and over all that he owned. And the Lord what? No, oh, come on and help me somebody. Come on and help me. Somebody ought to scream right now. Somebody ought to run around the church or something. Like my legs hurt. Look, look what it said. Look what it said. It says, and it came about that from that time, he made him overseer in his house and over all that he owned. And the Lord blessed who? Huh? The Egyptians what? On what? On the account. He was on, listen, every time you tithe, you're keeping your company doors open. God is blessing them because of you. I know my value. But if you ain't tithing, then you you ain't doing that. You just like them. You can't save money and not tithe. It's going to leave you. It's going to get wings. Something going to come up. I promise you. Something going to come up. But watch this. He blessed his, listen, God is blessing his house because of him. Who's getting blessed because of you? Come on. Come on. Watch this. Watch this. Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. Tell your neighbor principle. See, when you know who you are, so I'm not saying you got to sit around and try to figure it out. I'm trying to tell you if any man being Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. You, listen, you listen, it doesn't take much for you to be godly. You're a child of God. And it's up to you, though, to do the right thing. If your house is not being blessed because of what you're doing, it means you're not doing it right. But when the Lord is with you, everything about your life is going to look like this. People are going to be affected because of you. 
Watch this. The world sees you and says, uh-uh, we ain't getting rid of her. Mm-mm, no way. What can we do? We finna, you finna, you finna quit? What, 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 what can we, you need some more money? What you need? I need to be off Saturday. I need to be off Sunday. I need to get off at two o'clock. Done. Done. I need to be a Bible study. Done. You need me to come to Bible study with you? Done. Seriously, because they realize that you are an asset. Watch this. Some of us are going to our jobs and they, are, they want you gone. They're tired of you. They're tired of your attitude. They're tired of your complaining, your tardiness. Seriously. And then watch this. Then we jump in from job to job. When you, when you could have kept one job and been a blessing there, but you think they owe you or they owe me, they don't owe you nothing. See, if you want a different life and you want to upgrade your thinking, this is what it takes right here. Watch this, though. Watch this. We're going to go. We're going to go home. Watch this. So you left everything in his charge. Everything, everything he owned in Joseph's charge. And with him there, he did not concern himself. You know what I call this? This is level four trust. Level four. Level four delegation. All right? There are different levels to delegation, right? But level four delegation means I ask you to do something, I ain't even going to check on you no more. You go to work, right? They say, I need that done. I ain't worried about you. Matter of fact, you got it done so good, and you got it done before time. Watch this. They're like, man, I know what my man going to do. See, but some of us, this is us. Do this. Okay. You, you, you look at it, I'll do it tomorrow. Then they come down and ask you, did you do that? Oh, oh, oh um, um, I see what happened. Well, I got busy doing this, and now you're lying. Tell your neighbor something. Take initiative, will you? This is how you prosper, y'all. This is how you become content. This is how you become unfireable. I don't know how I got here, but I'm here. Watch this now. I'm trying to help somebody because maybe your jobs need this, right? Watch this. Anyways, watch what he's, watch. he didn't concern about anything except what? Food which he ate. Now, Joseph was what? Handsome in form and appearance. He was fine. Y'all single ladies. Joseph was fine. All right, handsome brother in form and appearance. So he wasn't fat. <laughs> he was fat. <laughs> he was dark skinned a little bit. He was in between. But look what it says. And it came about after these events, this is his test, that his master's wife, watch this now. Everything is going good. 
Everything is going good. Everything's going good. Joseph's like, man, life couldn't be no better than this. I done went from my brother sold me into slavery. Y'all follow me? Life is tough. Listen, some of us, we're still living on this life is tough stuff. And we haven't gotten over that yet and we can't live. Time to get over that. Watch this though. Watch what he says. But you don't understand how they hurt me. Listen, do you want God to bless you or you want to stay in that position of pain? Watch what he says. He says, but his his, his master's wife looked with desire on Joseph and said to him, lie with me. Now, Houston, we got a problem here. Here's a woman who had it all, but obviously her man wasn't taking care of business at home. Right? She had some desires. But look, but look at verse 8. I went here for this reason. But what did he say, y'all? Stop. Ain't no 18-year-old handsome bro, bro, my brother. When the offer is presented, don't say no. Oh, I will. You a lie. Potiphar's wife was fine. Remember, if you didn't look good as a queen, you couldn't, you couldn't even get in the palace. So she wasn't no ugly old lady. She was fine too. But I'm trying to show you something. Because some of us, we compromise. This is some old empire stuff right here. <laughs> this is some scandal stuff right here. You know what I mean? You know, I don't want to stay contemporary with it. You find what I'm saying? This is some power stuff right here. You find what I'm saying? You know, Keisha sleeping with Leroy and, you know, all kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? But the point is, watch this. He, here's what he said as a, as an 18-year-old boy. He says what? He says, uh-uh. No. Now, can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? Why do you think he said, why do you think he refused? Say again. He knew his value. What else? He knew God was with him. He what? He's an access to God. All right. What else? He knew it was wrong. It was a sin. Plus Potiphar, now we're interacting with the text. Potiphar what? Trusted him. Right? Watch this now. Watch this now. Your boss give you full access to everything. Bank account. This, this, that, that, this, this, that, that, sensitive information. And here you go. You're taking $10 here, $100 there. you saying you, you went over there and you putting it on your expense report. Oh, yeah, I, I ate, you know, I took a client out. What, whatever the case may be. You're doing all kinds of little underhanded stuff. And you were trusted with the whole house. 
But watch this now. Watch this now. Watch where I'm going with this. He's 18 years old. His testosterone was on blast. All right, 18 year old boys, they on blast. <laughs> Shoot. Amen. But the Bible says he was content, but he was a godly young man. He was godly. He understood that what I did didn't give me value. Who I am and who I, who I live for gives me value. I, I know I got a temporary setback here. I don't know what my future holds, but I know one thing. Some of us would have blamed God and some of you blaming God now. For why, how come your life doesn't come out the way it is? But it wasn't God, it been you. And you've been compromising and compromising and compromising and compromising. And then you want to blame God for the way it turns out. Ouch, amen, oh thank you. Watch this, watch this. Watch what he says. He says, he says, he says, he refused and said to his master, why? Behold, with me me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in his house. And he has put all that he owns in my charge. There's no one greater in the house than I. And he was with, and he has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his what? How then, watch this. Watch what a godly man does. How can I do this great evil? He was more concerned about his relationship with God than he was the relationship in the world. How much are you in tune with your relationship with God? Are you, are you more concerned about pleasing man or pleasing God? How can I do such great evil? Now let me say, let me tell you what God was doing here. God was preparing, God had put him in this position to groom him for what was going to come later. Because later he would become second in command over all of Egypt. But God was training him here. Watch this. This is why you got to be careful from jumping from job to job to job to job and find your value, find your purpose so God can train you for bigger. If you don't want to go to college, don't go to college. But get something that you can do that nobody else can do. And whatever you do, do it better than what other people are doing so you up your value. And when God is with you, I never forget. I never forget, man. I want to take that CDL driver license test. I was broken. I had just gotten out of Hinduism and just gave my life to Christ, man. And I could not pass that test for nothing. 
I was like, dang, man, am I dumb or something? What's going on here? I'll go, I hit it, missed by one question. And so I went back again. I said, okay, all right. I passed the driving part. I'll never forget this, y'all. I'll never forget this. I said, God, if you do this for me, I'll be the best at it. I'll be the best at it, Lord, for you. Even though it was just drive, I said, I'm going to do the best. I'm going to do, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to be, I'm going to do my best. I went in there. I took it again. And I missed the same question. And the guy looked at me and said, man, you passed. Go on. I'll never forget that. But watch this. Six months later, I'm complaining about the job. Six months later, I forgot all about the miracle. I forgot all about what God did for me. And I'm complaining, mindset. And the Lord arrested me by the gallery on 610 and said, you need to be grateful. And then after I turned my heart and repented, that's when I got the job at Dry's Ice Cream making the $27 an hour. From seven sixty-five an hour, and resigned from that job to do full-time ministry. Thirteen years later, nineteen eight or sixteen years later, y'all follow me? Because I understood. I did. I was young. I didn't know better. But some of you today, I want to tell you something. God is saying, listen, man, you got you to gotta know that this, don't, don't sin against me. Care about your relationship with me. Stop proving stuff to the world. Care about how you live before me. He says, I don't want to do this great evil. And as, he spoke, as she spoke to Joseph day after day, now she didn't give up now. She's one of them girls, man. She's one of them persistent girls. You understand what I'm saying? She had evil in her heart. Her desire was to get this boy. Young boy. She wanted a young buck. <laughs> the text says, and he did not listen to her to lie. Now she said, well, let's just lie in the same bed together. Now hold on a minute now. You can't have no young man laying next to you in the bed now. You're going to start some stuff. But look what, look what he said. Look what he said. Look what he said now. As she spoke to him, lie beside me or be with her. Now it happened one day that he went to her house to do his work. He's about his business now. And none of the men of the household was there. Dag. She caught him by his garment and said, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside. He was determined that I wasn't going to sin against God. Watch this. Some of you would already gave in. Some of you would be like, shoot, I'm giving in now. Shoot. <laughs> Amen. It's good, huh, Bruce? And when she saw, <laughs> and when she saw that he had left his garment, he left evidence on the scene. All right? Watch what he says. He said in her hand, uh, and Fred, I said, she called to the man of the house and said, see? He had brought in this Hebrew to make sport of us. He came in to lie with me, and I screamed. And when he heard that I screamed, my voice screamed, he 
left his garment beside me and fled and went outside. And she left his garment, and so she left his garment beside her until her master came home. And she spoke to him with these words, the Hebrew slave whom you brought has come to us, came to came into me to make sport of me, and I raised my voice and screamed, and he left his garment beside me and fled outside. Let me say let me let me say it. Sport means to make a fool of him. That's what the beast sport. That's what it means to make a fool of him. But let me say this. Watch this now. Because I want to help somebody with something here. I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home. We're going home. I want to help you with something. Because I see this a whole lot. A lot of us think that just because we're doing right. Okay. That we deserve to not go through nothing. But look what happened to Joseph. He did what was right. But watch this. Now, when his master heard these words of his wife, and he believed her, because she was conniving and convincing, when she spoke to him, saying, this is what your slave did to me. So Joseph's master took him, and what? Falsely accused. An innocent man going to jail. This is a picture of Jesus. They lied on him. And some of you got to understand something. Just because you're living right doesn't mean you're not going to go through some painful experiences. But here's the thing. When we go through painful experiences, we throw our hands up and say, to heck with God, to heck with living right. I'm going back to smoking weed. I'm going back to living wrong. I'm going back to doing what because God should have done this for me. No, you know what? He needed to go into that prison for character development. If he did not go into that prison, he would have never got promoted to second chair. Sometimes you have to go through some painful stuff, bankruptcy, broke, Come on, somebody, in order to understand and value what you have. But in all this, the Bible says, here's a key thing you got to remember. Watch this. Here's the thing. Can I ask you a question? Do you even know if God is with you? I'm just asking you. Because some of us have no clue. Watch this now. Watch this. So Joseph's master took him, put him in jail, and placed him where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in jail. Look at verse 21. Look at verse 21. But what? But the what? But the Lord. But what? The Lord. The Lord showed up. Now listen, some of you got questions. Why would God do this? God didn't do it. Potiphar's wife did. Well, why did God not stop Potiphar's wife? Hey, we live in a sinful, fallen world. And watch this. And as believers sometimes, yeah, you may get fired wrongfully. But maybe God needed to get you out of there so you could start your company. You see where I'm going with this? Here's the thing. 
When you know that God is with you, listen, the favor never stops. The day I got laid off from, 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 uh, from dry as ice, because I got laid off at first. The day I got laid off, the next day, I got invited to a minister's meeting where all those pastors sign up for websites. I was back in, I was in business. I was in business. I was working for myself. You see what I'm saying? Point of the matter is this. Stop thinking that God has to do all good things for you all the time. Accept the good and the bad, but look at the fact that some of the things that you're dealing with is for development. If you didn't argue with your spouse, you wouldn't learn how to be patient. Come on. Difficulties. You wouldn't look at yourself. You wouldn't say, let me change. I need to change. It's me. It's me. It's not always her. It's not always him. It's me. I need to change. But we somehow feel that when God puts us on the top, right, and he favors us and he's with us, and when things go bad, that he's no longer good. That's not the case. The Bible says God did this to position him. Let me say this to you and I'm done. Whatever's going on in your life right now, God is doing it to position you. To position you where you need to be. Now here's the thing. Either you're going to be mad at him. But let me tell you something, that ain't going to work. You can be mad all you want. You can complain all you want. The bottom line is this, he's still God. And, and listen, and where he should, watch this, where he should leave you in that bad attitude, he still extends grace to you. Because you wake up every day. And until we change our mind about where we are and realize what our value is, then you'll understand what your purpose is. Then you can handle the resources that he gives you. Then you can be content. Then you can walk. But walking in godliness is the key. And until you get to that place, you're going to continue to struggle You're going to continue to have a hard time in life and you're going to continue to walk in this circle and this cycle that will never change. But when God is for you, he will favor you in whatever dark place you end up. Amen? Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise.